This one's about Pfizer, and it's really bad. On the special edition of the Doc Washburn Show, look, I just want to start off playing this for you. You need to hear this. I got the COVID vaccine because I'm vulnerable and my doctor told me to. I got the vaccine to do the right thing. I got the vaccine to make sure that my dad wouldn't get sick. I got the COVID vaccine because my husband kept getting exposed to COVID at work. I got the vaccine to protect my health. I got the vaccine to protect my friends, my family, and my patients. I received the vaccine to help protect my patients. I got the vaccine to be able to travel. I got the vaccine to protect my dad and my husband. I got my vaccine because I wanted to help protect people and I wanted life to go back to normal. But now I'm injured. And then after I was sick, I was told I don't know what to do. My doctors. My physician told me the vaccine couldn't do this to me and that I was healthy. My doctor said the second jab could kill me, but he later tried to blame something else. My doctor said that my symptoms could not have come from the vaccine. My doctor doesn't know what to do. My doctor said it's kind of like we're all guinea pigs because this is all so new. We don't really know how to deal with these reactions that we're seeing. I've been told not to share my story because it scares people. I have been told that I should have known better than to get the vaccine, or I told you not to get the vaccine. My friends tell me I got mine, and I'm just fine. I've had many people tell me that my injury is not from the vaccine. My family told me that I was just stressed and anxious. I had a friend tell me, well, I guess you're just one of the unlucky ones because I was fine. Someone close to me told me that I should be silent for the greater good. I have been bullied. I've had death threats. I've been made fun of. I have been injured now for 10 months. Five months. For six months. 11 months. 11 months. 11 months. 11 months. 12 months. 13 months. Nearly four months now. For seven months. For 12 months. 13 months. I've now been injured for 13 months. No one knows how to help us. No one wants to believe us. It's always the greater good. Hmm? It's always for the greater good. Remember a couple of years ago, they told us, um, wear a mask to protect other people. Wear a mask to protect other people. And then eventually Dr. Redfield said, well, I, I feel like I'm protected also by wearing the mask. I've seen people on Facebook from a couple of years ago my mask protects you, but your mask protects me. Please, please wear a mask. Uh, there are a lot of very trusting souls in this country. Here's one of them, a mom. You know what? My baby's in the hospital for the second time, so I don't even care if this gets me canceled. I do think that it has something to do with his COVID vaccination. I'm not anti-vax at all. I've had four COVID vaccines, and I believed in it enough to give it to my son. But people do have reactions to these things. My 17-year-old had a medical vaccine reaction to the DTaP vaccine. And two weeks after my six-year-old gets this one, all this is happening with his heart. 
What's frustrating about all this, what's so frustrating about it is that nobody will even take that into consideration. The doctors completely, nope, that's not it. Couldn't be it. Not possible. And it's frustrating to hear that as a mother who had a child who had a legitimate medical reaction to a vaccine. So even if it's just a small percent of people, my kid could be in that percent. Now, I don't know for sure, but after this, there's no way I'm giving it to my other kids. This just wasn't worth it. Nope. That's not it. Couldn't be it. Not possible. I mean, take it back three and a half years ago, before the Wu flu, before the China virus. And do you have any idea how many deaths in this country happen because of medical malpractice? Because they just get it wrong? And yet we trust them implicitly. Or at least we used to. Here is a nurse, uh, Nicole Sirotek, an American frontline nurse, responding to the mom that you just heard. Hey, it's Nicole Sirotek with American Frontline Nurses. And I just want to let you know that injuries happen more frequently than you think. And it's not uncommon for people who are injured to get medically gaslit. It's definitely quite common for mothers to be medically gaslit by providers and other specialists. So this mom doesn't need a lecture. She doesn't need to be told that she did something wrong or she hurt her kid. What she needs is support, and she needs a tribe right now. So if you see people who are struggling and have just woken up because they have experienced something like this, don't criticize, help them out. She's going to need a strong mama bear tribe in order to help her through this. Now, in case you're going um, gaslighting, I think I've heard of that. I'm not really sure. Gaslighting is an insidious form of manipulation and psychological control. Victims of gaslighting are deliberately and systematically fed false information that leads them to question what they know to be true often about themselves. They may end up doubting their own memory, their perception, and even their sanity. Over time, a gaslighter's manipulations can grow more complex and potent, making it increasingly difficult for the victim to see the truth. That's from Psychology Today. Yeah. So they'll tell you, hey, I think you got some mental issues, man, because what you're telling me, what you're describing isn't happening to you or your child because it can't be. Nope. Mm -mm, No. No, I I think maybe you need to see a shrink. Yeah. Put you on some um, serious psychotropic drugs. Yeah, because what you're saying doesn't add up. But I'm his mother. I know. No, 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 no. No, don't give me that. They gaslight you. Now, there's a guy over on Twitter with a whole lot of followers. goes by Casey the Great. And he says they're gaslighting us about what really happened to DeMar Hamlin less than a week ago on an NFL football field in Cincinnati when he was playing for the Buffalo Bills. They are gaslighting the situation. 
prayers up to DeMar Hamlin, but they are gaslighting the situation. The whole world's seen it. The whole world's seen it. Right? So they got us to come up with something quick. Komodo Cordis. Which has never been associated with football. Right? It's been associated with sports like baseball, lacrosse, hockey, you know, with projectiles that are moving about 70 miles an hour plus will hit you in your chest, right? That can be a possibility, sure, 100%. There's only one person in history, Chuck Hughes, who died of cardiac arrest and he had a heart disease. One person in the NFL. And this was 1970. 1970. Okay. And then who comes out and says he had to be resuscitated twice. And that spin is as if he, as if he misspoke. Misspoke. How did he misspeak? Seems like, to me, seems like a cover up for me. Right? And you have to have feds there. Why? Are you trying, you trying to you know, intimidate, intimidate the family, intimidate the, the medical staff? Why? Because to admit it, it will bring down the germ theory. It will bring, it will bring down big pharma. It will bring down the NFL. It will bring down the M- NBA. It will bring down the NHL. Yes, because most cities' leagues are heavily vaccinated. And the fact that nobody wants to talk about it or have that conversation or doesn't even want to include it is a big problem. Something's going on. Very suspicious. Most of us know, but many are still not awake to see it. Do you know what he's talking about there, about the feds? Uh, Are you aware of what he's talking about? It was announced on the news the other day that there are a number of federal agents around that hospital, University of Cincinnati Medical Center, In, uh, in Cincinnati, where uh, where Demar Hamlin is, were you aware of that? Had you heard about that? Fed operatives move into place at Cincinnati Hospital. What? Why? Why is? Why is that a need? The great Stu Peters, who did the um, documentary Died Suddenly, which you will not be able to find on YouTube. That's too much truth for YouTube, but you can go over to uh, rumble.com and type in Stu Peters, S-T-E-W, and get died suddenly. Anyway, update from Stu Peters. He's wondering why the feds at UC Medical Center also. Generally, people who have a breathing tube going down their throat need to be sedated or else they'll gag and try to pull it out. He keeps having poison pushers as his doctors. The odds of him dying go way up. Well, Pfizer and the NFL and the Bills organization, even the Bengals, all of the NFL teams really are probably in a panic here if that's even an option because they coerced and forced all of their players to take it. And so if it is that, 
there's a whole lot of liability and implications there. Uh, these NFL players that were reacting on the field to this, it's my opinion, were saying, oh my gosh, this could be us. Is it possible, Dr. Marble, that we're not even looking at a cardiac arrest here? They said they went from having a pulse to being pulseless. So I thought, well, maybe the person checking the pulse just wasn't you know, just couldn't feel it. Maybe it was actually there or maybe it was so weak they couldn't feel it. When they had a shockable rhythm, so that it's clearly a cardiac arrhythmia. And so then you wonder what was the cause of the arrhythmia. So we get the shot stopped, we have nearly 6 billion poisoning victims to treat. But a lot of them, you know, are going to die. A lot of them are going to find out they're sterile. We're, we're seeing people showing up with all sorts of bizarre cancers. Um, the fertility rates are people that have taken these poison shots. Their sperm counts are going close to zero. Their egg counts are going close to zero. Pregnant women that take them, 84% of those women have miscarriages. Children are 4,233% more likely to die after having this shot. That's a real statistic. I think he's going to wake up. And I think they're going to get him extubated and he's going to start talking. So the real mystery is what's he going to say and is he going to tell the truth? And because also, who's going to tell him what to say? Damar Hamlin didn't commit a crime. As a matter of fact, the only crime that was committed was at the time of the injection. That was the crime. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It's a guy named Dr. Ben Marble, who uh, Stu Peters was interviewing there. Yeah, why do you have to have feds? So Casey the Great over on Twitter says they are gaslighting us about Tamar Hamlin. They're trying to say that the uncle misspoke when he said that they had to bring him back twice. See, because if that's the case, then there's no way this uh, Commodio Cordis that never happens in football anyway, but the the doctors, the cheerleaders for Big Farmer were saying that right off the bat. I played one of the guys that very night on the on the show. Oh no, no, you can't even think about uh, vaccine. That's ridiculous. No, it's it's commodia cordis and uh, well, so when you get the rhythm back to the heart from commodio cordis, which is something that maybe affects a fourteen year old if. He catches a fastball to the chest. You get the rhythm back to the heart, then you're okay. You don't lose it again if you, unless you're hit by another fastball, a baseball to the chest, and you're a kid. It's not a football thing. Uh, football players, NFL football players especially, have these big chest protectors, and I've seen a lot worse tackles than that, and no, everybody knows, everybody knows the tackle had nothing to do with it. So again, here is DeMar's uncle telling the truth, and everybody's trying to say, well, no, 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 the uncle misspoke. Trying to get better on recovery. You told me off camera your nephew died twice. Can you explain? Well, his heart had went out, so um, they had to resuscitate him twice. They resuscitated him on the field before they brought him to the hospital, and then they resuscitated him a second time when he got to the hospital. So um, I just want to show my gratitude for the medical uh, staff that were on hand because if not for them, my nephew probably wouldn't even be here. That young man's telling the truth, and we all know it. He's not confused about his nephew having to be resuscitated twice. Once on the football field and then again at the hospital. 
He's not misspeaking. He's not confused. He's for real. I don't know if you heard about a 12-year-old girl named Maddie DeGare. Her mother testified with her present to U.S. Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, who's been trying to get to the bottom of all this since 2020. This is a... this is, this is pretty rough. U.S. Senator Ron Johnson brought together a panel of five individuals who suffered neurological damage after taking a COVID vaccine. They, they just want to be seen. They want their stories heard. They would like to be believed. One of them was a 12-year-old girl who took the Pfizer shot and has been debilitated ever since. This is Maddie. First, thank you. Um... Senator Johnson, for the opportunity to share Maddie's story and to all of you for your willingness to listen. My name is Stephanie, and this is my daughter, Maddie, and we live in Ohio. On January 20th, Maddie received her second dose of the Pfizer COVID vaccine as a participant in the clinical trial for 12 to 15-year-olds. Before Maddie got her final dose of the vaccine, she was a healthy 12-year-old who got straight A's um, and had lots of friends. She had a life. She was energetic. She was not like this. Upon receiving the second shot, Maddie immediately felt pain at the injection site. And over the next 24 hours, she developed severe abdominal and chest pain. And the way she described the chest pain, and I quote, it feels like my heart is being ripped out through my neck. She had painful electrical shocks down her neck and spine that forced her to walk hunched over. She had extreme pain in her fingers and toes, and they actually made them turn white, and they were cold whenever you touched them. My husband immediately took her to the ER as instructed by the vaccine trial nurse. The diagnosis stated adverse effect of vaccine initial encounter. Over the next two and a half months, her abdominal, muscle, and nerve pain became unbearable. She developed additional symptoms that included gastroparesis, nausea and vomiting, erratic blood pressure and heart rate, memory loss, she mixes up words, brain fog, headaches, dizziness, fainting, she fell and hit her head, and then um, seizures. She developed verbal and motor tics. She had loss of feeling from the waist down and muscle weakness. Drastic changes in her vision, urinary retention and loss of bladder control, severely irregular and heavy menstrual cycles, and eventually she had to have an NG tube put in to get nutrition. So because they couldn't figure it out, one physician labored, labeled her as having functional neurologic disorder, saying it was due to anxiety. This concerned us, and we didn't agree with it because she doesn't have the anxiety. Look at her. I mean, what... 13-year-old can sit here calmly, okay, if they have anxiety or mental issues. At one point, they even tried to admit her to a mental hospital. I was fighting doctors trying to get them to listen to what was happening to her and not say she's crazy. Over the past five months, Maddie has been to the ER nine times and has been hospitalized three times for a total of two months in the hospital. What I want to ask, Maddie volunteered for the Pfizer trial. Why? 
why aren't they researching her to figure out why this happened so other people don't have to go through this instead they're just seeing it's mental all we want is for Maddie to be seen, heard, and believed because she has not been she was totally fine before this she did the right thing trying to help everybody else and they're not helping her Um, I th- I think I know why they're not interested in looking into it. I think a lot of people in the pharmaceutical industry and in the healthcare establishment belong in federal prison for the rest of their lives for what they have knowingly done to people, including children. Now, we're all going to have to stand before God and give an account for what we've done on this earth, so I don't know if there's going to be any justice for these people on this earth or if it will have to wait until the next life. I don't know. One of the things I've learned in my life is I'm often not very good at making predictions. So I don't know. But what I do know is there is great pushback from the medical community. Oh, yeah. Um, And they use local media, Fox 6 TV in Milwaukee, pushing back against Senator Ron Johnson for having the gall to allow that mom that you just heard tell her story on television. And it was probably only on C-SPAN. Who watches C-SPAN anyway? But no, no, the TV news operations in Milwaukee, not happy about this. Stay in your own lane. That's the message from a trio of Wisconsin doctors to Senator Ron Johnson. Oh, really? Yeah, we got a couple of them. Uh, Dr. Madeleine Tully Milwaukee family physician. Senator Ron Johnson is extremely out of place. The chances of dying from COVID-19 is many, many times greater than the chance of serious side effects from a COVID-19 vaccine. So she's lying through teeth. I bet she didn't get the vaccine. Dr. Scott Walker from Prairie du Chien Wisconsin, a family physician in a very small town over on the uh, the border with Iowa. We previously showed step-by-step step that the chance of death from COVID was essentially zero in teenagers, but the backlash continued. As physicians, we urge Senator Johnson to stop spreading baseless disinformation. How can a doctor call Maddie suffering baseless disinformation? Because he gets paid. Uh, uh, you know... I don't soft-pedal things. Now, this um, this is from the YouTube channel called The Second Perspective, and here's their summation. As shocking as this is to hear, there is yet one more unbelievable twist to this story. Four months after Maddie's disability began, Pfizer published the results of its trial in the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine. There was no mention of Maddie's severe reaction, and the authors concluded that the shot had a favorable safety profile. 
When asked about her communication with Pfizer, Maddie's mom said, We have gone directly through the doctor, but it sounds like it doesn't matter if I would have contacted Pfizer because nobody else is getting responses from them. This begs the question, how many other cases of disability has Pfizer brushed aside? And if Maddie really was the only one out of 1,131 participants, then mass vaccination could cause over 17,500 disabilities in just 12 to 15-year-olds. For a virus that is less harmful to teenagers than the flu, how can this possibly be acceptable? And why is Pfizer turning a blind eye to Maddie's suffering? The former editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine explains. Their mission is to sell profitable drugs, not necessarily good drugs, valuable drugs, profitable drugs. That is their mission, to sell drugs any way that's legal. Many of them have done it in illegal ways as as well. They know how to behave. They Mm -hmm. just don't find it profitable to, to behave that way. For this reason, she wrote in 2009 that it is simply no longer possible to believe much of the clinical research that is published or to rely on the judgment of trusted physicians or authoritative medical guidelines. Does this mean we should throw out the baby with the bathwater? Of course not. But the least we can do is to share Maddie's story and give voice to the injured children who remain unseen and unheard. That is the least we can do, and I, I think I have some answers. Yeah, I think I got some answers about Pfizer. By the way, welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 317 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Sunday, January 8th, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. The more time goes by, the more glad I am that I did. More evidence coming out all the time. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. On August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this really different kind of talk show, we're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, click on the button that says become a patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Coming up, a deep dive into Pfizer. Oh, buddy. A lot of people should be in jail. Look, if you tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage. You may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. 
Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment options work best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental United States, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. All right, we are so excited to have Mike Lindell and My Pillow as sponsors of the Doc Washburn Show. My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dream bed sheets. I'm wearing my new My Slippers moccasins. I had no idea slippers could feel this good, and we love our My Pillow towel set. They are luxurious. We can't wait to get our. Well, we already do. I got to fix this copy. We've got our My Pillows. Ha <laughs> ha! We love sleeping on our My Pillows also. Guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. They're the most comfortable pillows we've ever owned, that's for sure. Mike Lindell's passion is to support American entrepreneurs and bring manufacturing back to our country. For years, people approached Mike with great products but had no way of marketing them. MyStore.com was created to give those people a voice and a platform to bring you their amazing products made right here in the USA. MyStore.com has all kinds of great deals on automotive products, bath and beauty, books and video, clothing, decor items, food and drink, garden and patio, health, home improvement, household essentials, kitchen and dining, personal care, sports and outdoors, toys and games, and a whole lot more. Plus, right now, you can save up to 50% on Giza Dream sheet sets. Get them for as low as $29.98 using the promo code D. W.S. Also, serious sales on my slippers, slip-ons, and moccasins by using the promo code DWS. And serious sales going on in the six-piece MyPillow towel set, again, by using promo code DWS. We are so honored to be affiliated with a great American patriot like Mike Lindell. Some of Mike's items are marked down up to 80% off. If you make sure to use promo code DWS. Now, remember, that does not stand for Democrat Congresswoman from Florida, Debbie Washerman Schultz. No, 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 no. DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. That's your promo code at MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. All right. Now, it is time to do the deep dive into Pfizer. And this is not going to be pretty. Kane Koa the Great over at Substack. Kane Koa, K-A-N-E-K-O-A dot Big article. 
Pfizer's history of fraud, corruption, and using Nigerian children as human guinea pigs. And he's got embedded a Twitter thread that he did. Pfizer files. Pfizer has habitually engaged in illegal and corrupt marketing practices, bribed physicians, and suppressed adverse trial results. This is no secret, yet the fact continues to be brushed under the rug by politicians and the media. One of the most significant cultural transformations of the last two years has been the newfound glorification of the pharmaceutical industry. An industry plagued by decades of fraud, corruption, and criminality managed to quickly rebrand itself as a savior of humanity during the COVID-19 crisis. But nothing inherently changed. Big Pharma still values shareholders' profits more than people's lives. The regulatory agencies still operate as revolving doors to the pharmaceutical giants they are said to regulate. Big Pharma still dominates lobbying efforts in Washington, D.C., and spends billions each year advertising pharmaceutical products. Despite the notorious corrupt nature of the pharmaceutical industry, Pfizer CEO Albert Bourla claimed during a November 2021 interview that a small group of medical professionals who are intentionally circulating misinformation critical of the Pfizer vaccine narrative are criminals. Borla seems to have forgotten about the history of his own company. Yeah, first, let me uh, let me play that clip of this knucklehead calling his uh, opponents criminals. This is outrageous. There is a very small part of professionals which they circulate on purpose misinformation so that they will mislead those that they have concerned. Those people are criminals. You know, they always project. They always accuse others, right? Pfizer's long history of criminal behavior. In 1992, Pfizer agreed to pay between $165 million and $215 million to settle lawsuits arising from the fracturing of its Bjork Shiley Convexo Concave Heart Valve, which at the time had resulted in nearly 300 deaths and by 2012 had resulted in 663 deaths. In 1994, Pfizer agreed to pay $10.75 million to settle Justice Department claims that the company lied to get federal approval for a mechanical heart valve that has fractured, killing hundreds of patients worldwide. Under the settlement, Pfizer also agreed to pay nine and a quarter million in coming years to monitor patients who receive the device at VA hospitals or pay for its removal. The deal was criticized by consumer rights activists who urged government officials to bring criminal charges and lobbied for a steeper civil penalty for the multi-billion dollar company that had covered up safety concerns even as the device was killing 
patients. In 1996, Pfizer administered an experimental drug during a clinical trial on 200 children in Nigeria, but never told the parents that their children were the subjects of an experiment. Eleven of the 200 children died. Many others suffered side effects, such as brain damage and organ failure. A report by Nigeria's health ministry concluded the experiment was an illegal trial of an unregistered drug, a clear case of exploitation of the ignorant and a violation of Nigerian and international law. Pfizer did not obtain consent or inform the patients that they were the subjects of an experiment, not the recipients of an approved drug. In 2002, Pfizer agreed to pay $49 million to settle allegations that the drug company defrauded the federal government and 40 states by charging too much for its cholesterol treatment, Lipitor. Lipitor had sales of $6.45 billion in 2001. In 2004, Pfizer agreed to plead guilty to two felonies and paid $430 million in penalties to settle charges that had fraudulently promoted the drug Neurontin for unapproved uses. Pfizer agreed that it aggressively marketed the epilepsy drug illicitly for unrelated conditions including bipolar disorder, pain, migraine headaches, and drug and alcohol withdrawal. Pfizer's tactics included planting company operatives in the audience at medical education events and bribing doctors with luxury trips in 2008. The New York Times published an article entitled, Experts Conclude Pfizer Manipulated Studies. Pfizer delayed the publication of negative studies, spun negative data to place it in a more positive light, and controlled the flow of clinical research data to promote its epilepsy drug, Neurontin. Pfizer discontinued its marketing program for Neurontin in 2004 after the drug became available as a generic. That same year, the company paid $430 million to settle federal, criminal, and civil claims that one of its subsidiaries had promoted the drug for unapproved uses. Here's a screenshot. New York Times, back when they used to do journalism, headline, Experts Conclude Pfizer Manipulated Studies. October 8, 2008, journalist Stephanie Saul says the drug maker Pfizer earlier this decade manipulated the publication of scientific studies to bolster the use of its epilepsy drug Neurontin for other disorders while suppressing research that did not support those uses. According to experts who reviewed thousands of company documents for plaintiffs in a lawsuit against the company, Pfizer's tactics included delaying the publication of studies that had found no evidence the drug worked for some other disorders, spinning negative data to place it in a more positive light, and bundling negative findings with positive studies to neutralize the results, according to written reports by the experts who analyzed the documents at the request of the plaintiff's lawyers. One of the experts who reviewed the documents, Dr. K. Dickerson of the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, concluded that the Pfizer documents spell out a publication strategy meant to convince physicians of Neurontin's 
effectiveness and misrepresent or suppress negative findings. In 2009, Pfizer was fined $2.3 billion, then the largest health care fraud settlement and the largest criminal fine ever imposed in the United States. Pfizer pled guilty to misbranding the painkiller Bextra with the intent to defraud or mislead, promoting the drug to treat acute pain at dosages the FDA had previously deemed dangerously high. The government alleged that Pfizer had paid kickbacks to compliant doctors and also promoted three other drugs illegally, the antipsychotic Geodon, an antibiotic Zyvox, and the anti-epileptic drug Lyrica. In 2009, Pfizer also paid $750 million to settle 35,000 claims that its drug, Rizulin, was responsible for 63 deaths and dozens of liver failures. Rizulin's withdrawal from the U.S. market on March 21, 2000, followed negotiations between the drug's manufacturer and the FDA. Senior FDA officials had long stood behind the drug, despite a mounting death toll and Rizulin's absence of proven life-saving benefits. The position of the FDA officials stood in contrast to their counterparts in Britain, where Rizulin was removed effectively three years earlier, December 1, 1997. In 2010, Pfizer was ordered to pay over $142 million in damages for violating federal anti-racketeering law by its fraudulent sale and marketing of Neurontin for uses not approved by the FDA. The jury found that Pfizer's marketing of Neurontin violated both the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, or RICO, and California's unfair competition law. In 2010, the New York Times published an article entitled Pfizer Gives Details on Payments to Doctors. Pfizer admitted that it paid about $20 million to 4,500 doctors and other medical professionals for consulting and speaking on its behalf in the last six months of 2009. Pfizer also paid $15.3 million to 250 academic medical centers and other research groups for clinical trials in the same period. The disclosures were required by an agreement that the company signed to settle a federal investigation into the illegal promotion of drugs for off-label uses. Boy, that sure sounds familiar. And he's got the screenshot from the New York Times to prove it. In 2010, Blue Cross Blue Shield filed a lawsuit against Pfizer, accusing the pharmaceutical giant of illegally bribing 5,000 doctors with lavish Caribbean vacations, golf games, massages, and other recreational activities to convince doctors to use Bextra for off-label use. In 2010, also leaked cables between Pfizer and U.S. officials in Nigeria showed that Pfizer had hired investigators to unearth evidence of corruption against the Nigerian Attorney General to blackmail him to drop legal action over the controversial 1996 Trovan trial involving children with meningitis. In 2009, Pfizer agreed to pay $75 million to the families harmed during the 1996 drug trial in Nigeria. Still, the cables suggest that the U.S. drug giant was looking for blackmail to get the Nigerian Attorney General to drop the $6 billion federal lawsuit against Pfizer. The leaks show that Pfizer's investigators 
were passing so-called damaging information to the local media and threatening the attorney general that much more damaging information would come out if he did not drop the suit. By the way, the $6 billion lawsuit in Nigeria was dropped in 2009. In 2012, the Securities and Exchange Commission charged Pfizer, Inc., with violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, FCPA, when its subsidiaries bribed doctors and other healthcare professionals employed by foreign governments in Bulgaria, China, Croatia, Czech Republic, Italy, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Serbia to win business. According to the SEC, employees of Pfizer subsidiaries authorized to make cash payments and provided other incentives to bribe government doctors to use Pfizer products. It says utilize, but why would you want to use a word like utilize when you could just say use? Anyway, in 2012, Pfizer paid $1.2 billion to settle claims by nearly 10,000 women that its hormone replacement therapy drug, Prempro, caused breast cancer. $1.2 billion, that's a lot of money. The Prempro settlements came after six years of trials. Several plaintiffs were awarded tens of millions of dollars, including punitive damages for the drug maker's actions in withholding information about the risk of breast cancer from Primpro. Oh, my goodness. In 2013, Pfizer agreed to pay $55 million to settle criminal charges of failing to warn patients and doctors about the risks of kidney disease, kidney injury, kidney failure, and acute interstitial nephritis caused by its proton pump inhibitor, protonics. Man, do they do they put out anything that doesn't have seriously dangerous side effects? I'm beginning to wonder here. In 2013, Pfizer set aside $288 million to settle claims by 2,700 people that its drug, Chantix, caused suicidal thoughts, and severe psychological disorders. The FDA determined that Chantix is probably associated with a higher risk of a heart attack. Oh, that's just dreamy. What could possibly go wrong? Good grief. In 2014, Pfizer paid $35 million to settle a lawsuit accusing its subsidiary of promoting the kidney transplant drug Rapamune for unapproved uses including bribing doctors to prescribe it to patients. According to New York Attorney General Eric Schneiderman, who led the probe, Wythe got doctors, W-Y-E-T-H, Wythe got doctors to push the drug for unapproved uses, relying on misleading presentations of data. In 2016, Pfizer was fined a record 84.2 million pounds for overcharging the National Health Service in the UK for its anti-epilepsy drug, Phenotoin, by 2,600%. So it should have been um, 2 pounds and 83 shillings. I guess that's how you do it. But instead it was 67 pounds and and 67.5 pounds per capsule. increasing the cost to U.K. taxpayers 
from 2 million pounds in 2012 to 50 million pounds in 2013. Now, this is only a partial list of the fraud, corruption, and criminality of Pfizer. There are other examples of Pfizer unethically testing pharmaceutical products in the world's poorest nations and participating in other criminal actions. While Pfizer's CEO believes it is criminal to question the integrity of his pharmaceutical company, multiple whistleblowers have already come forward exposing the lack of integrity of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine trials. Leading medical journal, the British Medical Journal, or BMJ, published a report exposing faked data, blind trial failures, poorly trained vaccinators, and a slow follow-up on adverse reactions in the Phase three trial of Pfizer's gene therapy shots. When the whistleblower reported her concerns to the FDA, she was fired later the same day because they said she wasn't a good fit. The FDA never inspected the clinical trial site of the whistleblower complaint. Another whistleblower named Maddie DeGaray volunteered for the Pfizer trial for 12 to 15-year-olds. 24 hours after her second dose, she was in the emergency room. We played the audio a little bit earlier. She's now in a wheelchair, requires a feeding tube through her nose, and is still suffering nine months later. Maddie was one of... 1,131 children in Pfizer's clinical trial for children aged 12 to 15. Pfizer officially recorded Maddie's adverse event as abdominal pain when reporting clinical trial results to the FDA. If we know Maddie's devastating, life-altering injury is recorded as abdominal pain in the clinical trials, what other serious adverse events have been hidden by Pfizer and ignored by the FDA? Attorney Aaron Seary and a group of more than 30 scientists, medical professionals, and journalists asked the FDA for all data and information for the Pfizer vaccine, including safety and effectiveness data, adverse reaction reports, and a list of active and inactive ingredients. The FDA managed to consider all 329,000 pages of data and grant emergency approval of the Pfizer vaccine within just 108 days but is now asking for 75 years to fully release that information to the public. Attorney Aaron Seary wrote on his substack, so let's get this straight. The federal government shields Pfizer from liability, gives it billions of dollars, makes Americans take its product, but won't let you see the data supporting its product's safety and efficacy? Who does the government work for. And then they got a little chart here. The pharmaceutical regulatory revolving door. Mark McClellan. On the left, there are pictures of these guys. On the left is the former FDA commissioner in charge of regulating Johnson & Johnson. On the right is the current member of the board of directors of Johnson & Johnson. Then you got Scott Gottlieb. I remember that name. On the left is the former FDA commissioner in charge of regulating Pfizer. On the right is a current member of the board of directors of Pfizer. Then you got Stephen Hahn. On the left is the former FDA commissioner in charge of regulating Moderna. On the right is the current chief medical officer of flagship pioneering the venture capital firm behind Moderna. Then you got James C. Smith. 
very common name. On the left is a picture of him as CEO of Reuters in charge of informing people about the COVID-19 vaccines. On the right, he is a current member of the board of directors of Pfizer. Last but not least, Anthony Fauci. Two pictures of him, too. On the left, he's the NIAID director, National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, which is under the National Institutes of Health. On the right, he's the funder of bioweapons research and gain-of-function-backed coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So there's your pharmaceutical regulatory revolving door. In the December 2021 interview, World Bank President David Malpass said that Pfizer will not give mRNA shots to countries where they face the possibility of legal liabilities for side effects. Malpass, World Bank President David Malpass said, Pfizer has been hesitant to go into some of the countries because of the liability problems. They don't have a liability shield. Now, this clearly shows that Pfizer is not about operating from some moral high road for the betterment of society. No, no. This is about profit, and the people of the world have every right to question the integrity of Pfizer based on its criminal history and current actions. Now, this Kane Koa guy says, as I've written in previous articles, this is still a pandemic of the untreated because captured regulatory agencies refuse to provide early treatment protocols featuring cheap and effective off-patient medications. How much of this refusal to treat patients is due to Big Pharma's leverage over captured regulatory agencies? And by all accounts, the COVID mRNA gene therapy shots are failing to stop the spread worldwide. Still, Pfizer expects to bring in $33.5 billion in vaccine revenue in 2021 and expects even more profits in 2022 if it can continue to convince the world that its pharmaceutical products are the savior of humanity. Well, it looks like they're doing a pretty good job with that, but I keep on going back what Steve, uh, to what Stu Peters said a little while back. And by the way, this article is from December 14th, 2021, so it's over a year ago. Keep on going back to what Stu Peters said. He said when 5 billion people on this planet begin to realize what's been done to them, you know, through the vaccines, um, there's not going to be anywhere that the bad guys can hide. Okay? Now, coming up next, we've got uh, Kane Koa's thread, The Deep Dive, A Deeper Dive into Pfizer. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we need Nuremberg trials. We need Nuremberg 2.0. I was just following orders. Yeah, right. Look, I've been talking for quite a while about how the world is going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, and sky-high gas prices. And woke corporations are standing against everything we believe in. We all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off, while mom-and-pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? What can we do about it? How can our voices be heard? 
but we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop factory direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Switch to America.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. A lot of Patriot influencers have come on board SwitchToAmerica.com. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We're done with the woke globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. The website is switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Switchtoamerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to switchtoamerica.com. When it asks how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Switchtoamerica.com. All right, now it is my honor to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo? How about problems with your blood sugar? Or for that matter, migraines, psoriasis, all kinds of health maladies. Well, the Arkansas Cervical Center might be able to help you, even if you don't live in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life. I had bad migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, the migraines went away, and they've never come back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, psoriasis, migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. Now, if you live outside central Arkansas, you still might be able to get some help. Go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says, find a doctor near you. And I certainly hope that you can. All right, now, how about saving some money on your monthly cell phone bill while doing the right thing? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. 
Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member just like I did, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar earned is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Also, If you're a conservative-owned business tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas, Patriot Mobile now offers competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. Switch to Patriot Mobile Business. Learn more at business.patriotmobile.com or call the 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Use promo code DOC, D-O-C, for free activation. That's business dot patriotmobile dot com or call four six nine freedom and I tell you what I'm so thankful that I got a chance to switch over to Patriot Mobile saving money on my uh, monthly cell phone bill plus doing the right thing supporting the causes we believe in all right now the big Twitter thread about Pfizer from Kane Koa at Substack. Pfizer has habitually engaged in illegal and corrupt marketing practices, bribed physicians, suppressed adverse trial results. This is no secret yet. This fact continues to be brushed under the rug by politicians and the media. Pfizer CEO Albert Borla claimed during the interview in November 2021 that a small group of medical professionals intentionally circulating misinformation critical of the Pfizer vaccine were criminals. Give me a break. This guy obviously has forgotten the history of his own company. 1984, Pfizer paid the Justice Department to settle claims that the company lied to get federal approval for a heart valve, and then covered up safety concerns as the device was killing hundreds of patients. Pfizer paid $200 million to settle lawsuits. 1996, Pfizer gave an experimental drug to 200 Nigerian children without informing their parents that an approved cure existed or that their children were subjects of a medical experiment. Eleven of the children died. Others suffered brain damage, organ failure, or paralysis. And and now some of this is going to be an overlap, but there's a lot more detail than what we were talking about a few minutes ago. In 2001, 
Pfizer was sued on behalf of 30 Nigerian families who alleged their children were used as human guinea pigs. The families claimed Pfizer violated the Nuremberg Code and exposed their children to cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment. The case was dismissed. In 07, the Nigerian government sued Pfizer for $7 billion and accused the company of carrying out illegal trials that killed or disabled children. Nigeria claimed Pfizer did not inform local health authorities or parents that the children were part of an experiment. It gets even worse. In 2010, leaked State Department cables alleged that Pfizer had hired investigators to blackmail Nigeria's attorney general into dropping the $7 billion lawsuit against Pfizer. The leaked cables claimed Pfizer passed a series of damaging articles to the media that accused the Nigerian attorney general of corruption and warned him that more negative articles would come out if he didn't drop the case. Nigeria did drop the case in 2009. In 2002, Pfizer agreed to pay $49 million to settle allegations. They defrauded the federal government and 40 states by charging too much for their cholesterol treatment Lipitor. Pfizer's revenue for Lipitor in 2001 was almost $6.5 billion. In 2008, the New York Times published an article entitled Experts Conclude Pfizer Manipulated Studies. And they delayed the publication of negative studies, spun negative data more positively, and suppressed negative findings to to promote Neurontin. Yeah, so we already dealt with that. Let me scroll down. Let me scroll down. Let's get past this. Okay, CNN's Anderson Cooper actually did a critical story about Pfizer years ago. He said if Pfizer's too big to fail and even the biggest fine in History is just a few months' profits. And what's going to stop it from illegally promoting other drugs? Critics say nothing. They say it's the cost of doing business. Oh, my goodness. Yep, CNN, Anderson Cooper, AC360, and Drew Griffin. And I believe this is from 2009. Here it is. And drug companies on us. A story that's simply stunning about multi-million dollar profits and illegal activity at this country's biggest drug company. Now, we're bringing you this story tonight because the battle over health care reform is nearing its end. Tonight, congressional leaders say they are planning a final push to a vote next week. And President Obama has postponed a trip to Asia to focus on the end game. Presumably, he'll be twisting with some elbows as Democrats try to nail down the votes they need. And as you know, Obama has been turning up the heat in uh, his health care speeches all week. Week. Two days ago, he ordered a crackdown on waste and fraud. With some estimates, healthcare fraud adds billions to costs each year. But tonight, we're going to show you one example, an astonishing case that resulted in a record fine. But did the punishment actually match the crime? And is there anything to stop this company or other big drug, drug companies from doing it again? We're keeping them honest. Here's Drew Griffin. Pfizer Incorporated, with 116,000 employees and revenues of $50 billion a year, it is the world's largest pharmaceutical company. And that's why this news, last fall, 
sounded like a huge victory for the government and a huge loss for Pfizer. The largest health care fraud settlement in the history of the Department of Justice. The government was building a case against Pfizer for fraudulently marketing a drug that had raked in hundreds of millions of dollars in profits, a painkiller called Bextra. Pfizer aggressively marketed it for uses and in doses not approved by the FDA. They didn't just implicate Pfizer. They actually identified and charged the senior managers who were responsible for the fraud. But our investigation found another story, one that officials here at the Department of Justice downplayed on that day they declared victory. It's the story about the power major pharmaceutical companies have even when they break the laws intended to protect patients. We're keeping them honest, and we begin nine years ago, in 2001, when the FDA approved Bextra, but only for limited use and only for menstrual cramps and arthritis. You know, I don't really think big companies should have a lot of power if they continue breaking laws. Call me. Call me old-fashioned, call me a fuddy-duddy, call me a stick in the mud, but here's more. Even so, Pfizer sales reps promoted it illegally for surgical pain in higher doses. Uses the FDA had rejected due to safety concerns. Doctors responded. Instead of prescribing, say, ibuprofen at pennies a pill, they prescribed extra at nearly $3 a pill for all kinds of unapproved uses. Sales were very good. Glenn DeMott was a sales rep in Columbus, Ohio. He would later collect reward money that the federal government gives whistleblowers. Did the sales rep know what they were doing was illegal? They said that the district manager approved it. They think it might not be legal. But if they don't make their numbers, they're not going to keep their job anyway. It brought Pfizer nearly a billion dollars in profits. And it cost us all because Medicare, Medicaid, and our private insurance picked up much of the tab. Mike Lauks, then a federal prosecutor in Boston, launched an investigation. If the company is able to push the product for the unapproved indication, then it makes a mockery, if you will, of the FDA approval process. Even though prosecutors said the illegal conduct was tolerated and encouraged by sales managers across the country, Pfizer escaped the ultimate punishment. Just as giant banks on Wall Street were considered too big to fail, Pfizer was considered too big to nail. Why? Because a company convicted of major fraud would automatically be kicked out of Medicare and Medicaid. Pfizer would no longer be allowed to bill any federal health programs for any of its products. It would be a corporate death sentence. If a company like Pfizer is excluded from Medicare and Medicaid, they're out of business. Lewis Morris, a top lawyer at the Department of Health and Human Services, told us Pfizer's collapse could leave thousands out of work, millions not getting their medications. We have to ask whether by excluding the company, are we harming our patients? Are we harming the beneficiaries who need these critical drugs? Well, we also might want to ask... uh if they really need those critical drugs. Um, just between you and me, sometimes uh, 
Sometimes pharmaceutical companies pay off doctors to prescribe drugs that um, are not necessary, but just, I don't know, call me crazy. Since shutting down Pfizer was unthinkable, Pfizer and the feds cut a deal. And here's how they did it. Pfizer, located here in New York, owns a company named Pharmacia Corporation, which owns another company called Pharmacia and Upjohn LLC, which owns Pharmacia and Upjohn Company LLC, which in turn owns Pharmacia and Upjohn Company Incorporated. What does Pharmacia and Upjohn Company Incorporated do? Nothing. It's a shell created to be a legal shield for Pfizer. In other words, if Pfizer was at risk of being convicted, the shell company would take the hit. Think of it as the great-great-grandson of the parent company. Birthday, March 27, 2007. Just in time to plead guilty in a kickback case against a company Pfizer had acquired a few years earlier. With that conviction, Pharmacia and Upjohn Company Incorporated, which had never sold so much as a single pill, was excluded from Medicare. Two years later, when Pfizer was in trouble with Bextra, Pharmacia and Upjohn Company Incorporated, the shell company, stepped up again and pleaded guilty. It was like having an imaginary friend, an imaginary bad guy, to take the rap. You know, if I may, throw in a little editorial comment here. This thing's jacked up. And Pfizer, too big to nail, is still doing business with the federal government. It is true that if a company is created um, to take a criminal plea, but it's just a shell, uh, the impact of an exclusion is minimal or non-existent. Did the punishment fit the crime? Pfizer says yes. It paid nearly $1.2 billion in a criminal fine for Bextra, the largest fine ever. It paid a billion dollars more to settle civil suits, although it denies wrongdoing on allegations it illegally promoted 12 other drugs. In all, Pfizer lost the equivalent of three months' profit. But even Mike Laux, who spent more than a decade prosecuting some of the largest drug companies in the country, isn't sure that $2 billion is enough to make Big Pharma clean up its ass. I worry that the incentives are so great, the money is so great, uh, that that has uh, uh, maybe made it dealing with us, the Department of Justice, as just a cost of doing business. What does Pfizer have to say about all this? Anderson, nothing on camera. After a lot of back and forth, we got a phone conversation with the company's chief compliance officer. He told us, look, Pfizer takes full responsibility for illegally promoting Bextra. And to prevent it from happening again, here's what Pfizer said it's done. It's set up a leading-edge system. It monitors sales reps tracking prescription sales and proactively looking for signs that its people are illegally promoting these drugs. So are, is Pfizer doing this voluntarily? No, not all voluntary. Pfizer, they had to sign what's called a corporate integrity agreement with the Department of Health and Human Services. Basically, the executives at Pfizer have to sign on the dotted line to say that their company is going to comply with the law. But, I mean, you look at this thing, and, I mean, if Pfizer is too big to fail, and even the biggest fine in history is just a few months' profit, then what's going to stop it from illegally promoting other drugs? 
critics say, and it's a nothing, nothing. They think that this is really, even though it's a big, big fine, you know, what, $2 billion, they say, look, it is a cost of doing business. And until, even the prosecutor, until and unless somebody goes to prison, somebody high up goes to prison, and or the company is banned from selling drugs to Medicare or Medicaid, this activity, like it has in the past with so many other companies, will continue. Drew, thanks. Keep them honest. Thanks, Drew. Okay. So, a random act of journalism there by CNN back in 09. Now, continuing on Kanakoa's Twitter thread here, in 2010, Pfizer was ordered to pay $142 million in damages for violating federal anti-racketeering laws by its, fraudulating, by its fraudulent sale and marketing of Neurontin. The jury found that Pfizer violated the RICO Act. In 2010, Pfizer admitted it paid $20 million to 4,500 doctors and other medical professionals for consulting and speaking on its behalf during the last six months of 2009. Disclosure was required due to a settlement agreement for the illegal promotion of drugs. In 2010, Blue Cross filed a lawsuit against Pfizer, accusing the pharmaceutical giant of illegally bribing 5,000 doctors with lavish Caribbean vacations, golf games, cash payments, massages, and other recreational activities. Oh, I'll bet. In 2012, the Securities and Exchange Commission charged Pfizer with violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act for bribing foreign healthcare professionals in a whole bunch of countries that we already went into from the Substack article. Let me scroll on down here and get past the, uh, the stuff that we've already dealt with. So Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders himself, I'm, I'm not going to play you his five-and-a-half-minute speech, but I'll give you the, the Cliff's notes. Bernie Sanders said virtually every major drug company has either been convicted of fraud or reached a settlement is fraud the business model of the pharmaceutical industry? Look, even a stop clock is right twice a day. Brian Williams over at MSNBC, who actually may have done a uh, may have done a a news report that you know wasn't full of lies, was reporting Pfizer habitually engaged in illegal and corrupt marketing practices, bribed physicians, and suppressed adverse trial results. This is no secret, yet big government, big tech, and big media banned scientific criticism of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccines. So this Pfizer presentation got Dr. Robert Malone Banned from Twitter. Pfizer's own six-month report data on its COVID-19 inoculation shows greater illness and death in the inoculation arm than the placebo arm. So Dr. Malone started talking about that and got banned from Twitter. As a matter of fact, Dr. Malone told Joe Rogan he was banned for sharing a fantastic video by the COVID Care Alliance group that summarizes all the malfeasance and data manipulation and misinterpretation of the Pfizer vaccines and their clinical trials. 
So let's hear what Dr. Malone said to Joe Rogan. Now, with this Twitter event, my wife and I have racked our brains about what was the, what is likely to have been the tweet that triggered this. And, you know, you never know. The last two that I can think of that went out was one that was on our Substack, in which we um, referred to a fantastic video that has been put out by the Canadian COVID Care Alliance Group that summarizes all the malfeasance and data manipulation and misinterpretation associated with the Pfizer vaccines and their clinical trials. It's a super video. And, um, of course, that's, I guess that is uh, interpreted as something that would cause people to become vaccine hesitant. That's the sin in general, is saying things that cause people to become vaccine hesitant. So, you know, my position all the way through this comes off of the platform of bioethics and the importance of informed consent. So my position is that people should have the freedom to choice of choice, particularly for their children, um, and that in order to to uh, appropriately choose to participate in a medical experiment, they have to be fully informed of the risks as well as the benefits. And so I've tried really hard to make sure that people have access to the information about those risks and potential benefits, the true unfiltered academic papers and raw data, etc. And the policy that's being implemented is one in which no discussion of the risks are allowed because by definition they will elicit vaccine hesitance. So it can't be discussed. But that's the fundamental background. That's the backbone of informed consent. So informed consent is not only not happening, it's being actively blocked. Wow. So Dr. Malone was banned from Twitter for sharing a 40-minute video presentation created by the Canadian COVID Care Alliance a coalition of over 500 independent doctors, scientists, and healthcare practitioners. I wonder, now that Elon Musk has taken over, I guess it's okay to talk about it now. The video is a fact-based scientific critique of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine clinical trials. Considering Pfizer's history of corruption, scientists, doctors, and journalists should not have been banned from social media for asking these questions. Again, the Canadian COVID Care Alliance alleged that 84% of the Pfizer report authors had a conflict of interest. They were either employed, owned stock, or received grants from Pfizer. For example, the two BioNTech founders who gained more than $9 billion from the vaccine, co-authored the report. Pfizer unblinded the trial after two months, ruining long-term safety data and did not track biomarkers before and after vaccination. D-dimer for clotting, C-reactive protein for inflammation, troponins, for cardiac damage, blood oxygen for hypoxia, or for that matter, amyloid for Alzheimer's. They just didn't even... 
It was left to the discretion of Pfizer's investigators whether or not to test participants for COVID-19. They did not test over 3,400 suspected cases, almost 1,600 vaccinated and over 1,800 placebos who were symptomatic with COVID-19. Why didn't Pfizer remove subjectivity and test everyone? The Canadian COVID Care Alliance says Pfizer's six-month report shows a 300% increase in related adverse events, a 75% increase in severe adverse events, and a 10% increase in serious adverse events in serious adverse events for the vaccinated group versus the placebo. Why is there an increase in all-cause illnesses? The Canadian COVID Care Alliance says Pfizer's six-month report shows 20 deaths in the vaccinated group versus only 14 deaths in the placebo group and nine cardiovascular deaths in the vaccinated group versus five in the placebo group. Why didn't Pfizer make the clinical trial endpoint all-cause mortality? This is uh, maddening. It it really is infuriating. So Maddie DeGaray was one of 1,131 children in Pfizer's clinical trial for children aged 12 through 15. We heard from her mother a little bit earlier. Pfizer officially recorded Maddie's paralysis and neurological disorder as abdominal pain when reporting clinical trial results to the FDA. So we got a little 30-second public service announcement about Maddie here. President Biden, this is Maddie. She's 13 and wants to be a nurse. When the COVID vaccine became available, she volunteered for the Pfizer clinical trial. She wanted to help. This is her now. There are others across the country like her, but they are ignored by the FDA and the media. You said it was safe. Maddie stepped up to help America. Who's going to step up to help Maddie? Paid for by the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. The Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. Indeed. Indeed. Who is going to step up to help her? Well, you know Joe Biden doesn't care. You say what you want about Trump, but I remember when he... Uh, Got that um, that bill passed that people could try out experimental drugs if they were terminal anyway. You remember, remember what what do they call it? Right to try. And I'll never forget this lady took the stage and pointed at Donald Trump, said. This is my good Samaritan. This man saved my life. I get chills just thinking about it to this day. So, Brooke Jackson, who is uh, on Twitter as I am Brooke Jackson, 
a regional clinical trial director reported to the FDA that Pfizer had falsified data, unblinded participants, and not followed up on testing symptomatic participants. She was fired, and the FDA and Pfizer never investigated the issue. Have you heard about her? Because you're getting ready to. She was a uh, regional clinical trial director for a vendor that Pfizer used extensively and still uses called Ventavia. At one point when I was going through emails, um, there were emails from Icon begging Ventavia to follow up on severe adverse events that had been reported. There were several emails about mislabeled specimens, blood specimens, and the nasal swabs. There were specimens that were labeled with another participant's information. It was a nightmare. And on the 16th of September, I stayed late in clinic one evening, and I was the only one in the clinic. I walked into an area where the vaccines were refrigerated, um, or frozen rather. And when I walked in, I saw a biohazard bag. The plastic biohazard bag contained used needles, and I realized how unorganized and sloppy Ventavia was, was handling everything. In that same room where they, uh, where they kept the vaccine, the vaccine was just left out. And the boxes that the vaccine came in, the containers, they had written the subject information on these containers. So right there, you know, me working on the study, it unblinded me to the, the randomization of these patients. I made note of that. I took pictures. I took pictures to just to document what I'd seen to show my managers. It was also discovered that Ventavia was unblinding participants in the study based on a directive from our COO, which was to print out the randomization scheme and put that drug assignment in everybody's chart. Per Pfizer's protocol, we should have immediately stopped enrolling, but they never they never told Pfizer. Instead, they wanted us to go through each of the charts and actually take out the randomization scheme that was printed. So that, coupled with everything else, I made the recommendation for um, Bentavia to stop enrolling clinical trial participants in the study until we were able to let Pfizer know. Well, needless to say, uh, Brooke Jackson's concerns were not welcomed by Bentavia's management. And as a matter of fact, we've got... Um, a little bit, a little clip of a covert recording she did with her manager at Ventavia. You sent me the photos, thank you, and I didn't, I didn't pull them up. I mean, no, granted, I, that's 
other. I'm I mean, should, so I might should I not have one. taken the pictures? The problem is, is the breach of confidentiality, and it was on oh. personal sin because there's uh, sponsor information on those boxes. Oh. So that was the problem, huh? Good grief. So here is Brooke Jackson's response. This is what she took from that conversation. I I wasn't fitting in. I decided that that next morning I was going to report my company to the FDA. And so I did that about 9 o'clock in the morning on the 25th of September. And about six hours later, I got a call from Ventavia and was fired on the spot and told that I was not a good fit. Wow. So that's how it's going to go down. Yeah. The FDA, by the way, followed up Brooke Jackson's letter of allegations with a phone call. I remember investigator Cannon called me and we spoke for an hour and 16 minutes to be precise. I can tell you everything that we talked about. It it mirrored what was typed in my formal complaint to them, the unblinding, the safety of the clinical trial participants, not monitoring them for adverse reactions. They were late to report adverse events. Again, the untrained staff, the oversight by the principal investigators, specifically at the Fort Worth location, the targeting of the employees for coming forward, I thought that the FDA was going to swoop in and, and, and take care of everything. What I was reporting was so important. Well, you know, it would stand to reason you, you could think that, and obviously um, she was pretty naive, and that's, that's a shame because, you know, it's a shame they didn't do the right thing. To date, by the way, to date, Ventavia has still not been inspected by the FDA. And only nine of 131 U.S. clinical trial sites have been inspected prior to FDA approval. Pfizer has since commissioned Ventavia to work on four new vaccine trials. So, let's get back to the the thread here from Kanakoa in 2020, the pharmaceutical industry spent four and a half billion dollars on television advertising in the United States, accounting for 75% of all TV ads. Did you realize that in 2021, Pfizer alone spent $2 billion on advertising across print, digital, and TV. Big pharma buys Positive media coverage. Oh, oh, yes, they do, children. Very positive media coverage. And it goes something like this. 
Beat the Press, brought to you by Pfizer. We're moving into uncharted territory. Millions of students will now have to stay home. The financial market's in free fall. Good Morning America is brought to you by Pfizer. Good Morning America. Let's get right to the disturbing news. You are looking at the faces of the nearly 200,000 American lives lost to the virus. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. Pfizer believes that the booster is safe for every eligible American right now. We are looking forward to be able to vaccinate all these vulnerable people. Is it time? to go farther. Is it time for vaccines to be mandated at major institutions? I think so, George. This portion of CBS This Morning, sponsored by Pfizer. Welcome to CBS This Morning. Cases are climbing, things are getting out of control, and people are very afraid. If you're in your house, you have to wear a mask. Is that true? But it's up to us, Gail. All right, Dr. Fauci, we thank you for the message. Step up. Stepping up means getting vaccinated. Death count from COVID jumped 130%. Everyone is overwhelmed with COVID patients. Doesn't have to be this bad if people get vaccinated. Pfizer has asked the FDA to consider boosters for all adults. Is that warranted? No question about it. Aaron Burnett, out front, brought to you by Pfizer. Out front tonight, the breaking news, 135,512 dead Americans temporarily paralyzed, multi-organ failure. Be afraid, be very afraid. Your worst nightmare. They can do is get the vaccine, which is true. The booster situation is not about making money. If you don't choose to get vaccinated, you may not come to work. Anderson Cooper 360, brought to you by Pfizer. There's more breaking news. The Food and Drug Administration has voted to recommend Pfizer's COVID vaccine for children. An important study, studied by Pfizer. Calling the virus the beast. The unknown is frightening. You suffer because you are going to experience things you likely never have. Janine Starling had chosen not to get the vaccine. Like you have a, a Ziploc bag over your head and somebody's holding it. That vaccine could have stopped all of it. Just one little shot. I feel foolish that I didn't get it. It is just a shot. Just get the stupid shot. Is she planning to get the vaccine now? Janine is planning to get the vaccine, planning to get her whole family vaccinated, including her six-year-old boy who's already had COVID. Brought to you by Pfizer. 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 So you actually got, uh, what was it, George Stephanopoulos saying, well, should, uh, should the vaccines be mandated for everybody? They paying you that much, George? Wow, man. Wow. So, Kanakoa says Pfizer reported a 95% efficacy, which sounds like it protects you 95% of the time, but that 95% actually refers to the relative risk reduction. In contrast, the absolute risk reduction was only... 0.84%. And the report from the Canadian COVID Care Alliance, which is enough to get people kicked off of social media, explains the difference. Yeah, I think I got a little something here for you. Yes, I believe I do. Often, when you get into the real world, the effectiveness of vaccines falls short of the original efficacy. That is not at all the case with the vaccines for COVID-19. So now we have two vaccines that are really quite effective. The mRNA vaccine, highly effective, extraordinarily efficacious, 94 to 95% for mild to moderate disease and virtually 100% efficacious because the real-world effectiveness is even more impressive than the results of the clinical trial. So, for about a minute and a half after that, 
the music continues and you just see all these headlines going by. The efficacy of the COVID vaccine goes from 99% down to just 20%. At that point, they start saying, well, you're going to need some boosters. Because it's not doing what we said it would. Nine out of ten of the FDA's commissioners between 2006 and 2019 went on to work for the pharmaceutical companies they were in charge of regulating. British Medical Journal found that 65% of the FDA's drug review budget comes directly from the pharmaceutical industry. Did you know that? Bill Gates said the mRNA vaccines were supposed to reduce transmission and spread. Fauci said with 50% of adults fully vaccinated, he felt fairly certain there wouldn't be any more surges. Seven months later, cases rose 7,500% and hit a new all-time high of 1.35 million per day. Well, my goodness. Let's see what that's all about. During 2021, we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines. And, and that vaccine, our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. We can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. Now, I know it's probably a great shock to you that Rachel Maddow would lie there on MSNBC, but who knows? Maybe she has it another time, but maybe that's the only time ever. I, <laughs> I can't say with a straight face. You cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. Essentially, vaccines block you from getting and giving um, the virus. Fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. We have all the vaccines we need. We just need our people to take it. A, for their own protection, for the protection of their family, but also to break the chain of transmission. You want to be a dead end to the virus. So when the virus gets to you, you stop it. You don't allow it to use you as the stepping stone to the next person. I think given the country as a whole, the fact that we have now about 50% of adults fully vaccinated and about 62% of adults having received at least one dose as a nation, I I'm, I feel fairly certain you're not going to see the kind of surges we've seen in the past. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Ah, but did he give us his word as a Biden? 
See, that's the thing you always have to look for. You know? Because he'll say things like, I give you my word as a Biden. Yeah, Pfizer has a long history of fraud, corruption, and prioritizing profits over human lives. Nonetheless, big tech, big government, and big media banned scientific criticism of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccines. So Kanakoa here says, so while Pfizer CEO says medical professionals intentionally circulating misinformation are criminals, the reality is there are legitimate integrity, safety, and efficacy questions about their COVID-19 vaccines. And thank you, Elon Musk, for allowing us to ask them. You know, I keep on hearing, oh, and by the way, December 15, 2020, Dr. Deborah Burks told ABC TV, this is one of the most highly effective vaccines we have in our infectious disease arsenal. However, July 22, 2022, she told Fox News Channel, I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines. So I keep on hearing about what a great deal the conservatives got from Kevin McCarthy to make him Speaker of the House. I'll believe it when I see it. There needs to be there needs to be some kind of serious investigation into all this stuff. And you know, I just I just don't know. I don't know if that's gonna happen. What I do know is it's time to say hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online. Have it delivered to your front door. Anywhere in the continental USA, redriveryourway.com, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA. So today's tweet of the day, it's kind of a, it's kind of a multi. We got Kareem Jean-Pierre, not the uh, sharpest knife in the drawer, but she is a White House press secretary. And she likes to mispronounce things because she doesn't know any better. Here she is wrestling with the word bicameral. She's not even close. In a bicameral, in a bipartisan uh, way, was done in a bipartisan, bicameral way. Bicameral, bipartisan support. There's no such word as bicameral. It's not bicameral, it's bicameral. But, bless her heart, she doesn't know. Hey, you know the word armistice? Like, you know, you sign a, a peace agreement stopping hostilities? Armistice? Okay, the vice president will visit uh, the DMZ. Nearly 70 years since the Korean armistice. Wait, since the Korean what? Korean armistice. No, there's no such word as armistice. It's armistice. Oh, my goodness. Bless her heart. What else we got here? Oh, you remember that uh, Nord Stream 
pipeline that the Russians had over in the Baltic Sea that we blew up, the Nord Stream? So you've heard us say this, that what what we see Russia's doing, and we've been very clear about this, is that they're using energy, they're weaponizing energy, and it's choosing to, to one of the things that uh, has been out there to shut down the pipeline of Nord Stream 1. Mm. No. It wasn't Nordstrom. It was Nordstream. Bless her heart. She uh, she just doesn't know, does she? Okay. And one more. You know the Nobel Prize? Let's see if she can mispronounce this four times in 22 seconds. Today, President Biden met with three U.S. winners of the 2022 Nobel Prize. Dr. Caroline Bertozzi, who won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. Dr. John Clauser, who won the Nobel Prize in Physics. And Dr. Douglas Diamond, who won the Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences. Well, actually, nobody actually won the Nobel Prize. It's the uh, Nobel Prize. But, you know, that's uh, that's her. And that is our Tweet of the Day, brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. You've been listening to Episode 317 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth. And that's the way it is, Sunday, January 8th, 2023.